welcome to the Full Swing Podcast, the official podcast of the New England PGA. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Full Swing Podcast. I'm Nick Heidelberger. Today, JC Settles and I bring you our interview with Megan Kang, LPGA Tour star. She's going to discuss her Solheim Cup experience from 2019, her decision to join the LPGA Tour term professional straight out of high school in Forgo College, and what life is like out on the LPGA Tour. We hope you enjoy. Joining us now is former New England PGA Junior Tour member, currently in her fifth season on the LPGA Tour at just the age of 22. She represented Team USA in the 2019 Solheim Cup. Megan Kang, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time. No, thanks for having me, Nick and JC. I'm honestly super happy to be part of this. And growing up in Massachusetts, I can always look forward to talking to people who are helping grow the game, especially in New England. Awesome. Uh, thanks. Um, thanks again, Megan. Um, I have a couple questions. I'd just love to ask you. Um, obviously, as Nick mentioned, being a part of the Solheim Cup in, in, in 2019, how was that experience? How, how did it feel to be a part of such an important team? It was such a huge accomplishment, first off. Uh, like, just, I didn't know what to expect going into the week because, I mean, no one can really put that feeling into words and you kind of get the veterans telling you how they felt and stuff like that but you don't really know how you're gonna feel when it comes to that situation and that was such a learning lesson week for me personally whether it was like being in a team event or just uh on my own personal personal growth so it was uh it was an experience i hope to keep having in the future how does that uh, pressure and that, that feeling on the golf course in in the Solheim Cup compare to just an individual tournament? I mean, it's always pressure when you play an individual tournament, but playing for your team and your country, like you're playing for more than just yourself. You're playing for the fans and just kind of everything kind of stacks up and you're just, it makes it that much more important. And I wouldn't say it's pressure. It's more so of like encouragement and like support that you have because you know that you're going to give it your best and everyone's going to know that you gave it your all. And then uh, the other thing you hear a lot about for like the Stolheim Cup and the Ryder Cup is the off the course experience that the players get. You know, we watch it on TV and we see everything on the course, but can you kind of bring us behind the scenes a little bit? Uh, what is the experience off the course like with your teammates? It is actually so much fun. I mean, you guys don't get to see it and it's wild. We have our own team rooms and stuff like that. We have our captain, Julie Inkster, just always kind of hyping us up and pepping us up, making sure that we're, we're all like focused as a team and just, she knows that there's so much pressure already that we just kind of are all relaxing and trying to just enjoy the experience as well. And I think she does a great job of making sure that we still enjoy it because we already know there's so much pressure on the golf course. Awesome. So one of the things I know that probably almost everybody in the junior golf world and golf world knows that you're a you know, what we call phenom at an early age, you can see it coming. Um, but fast forward to, you know, the decision um, for going college golf, obviously you had a lot of probably options to play uh, in college golf, but then you also had that carrot of turning professional. I guess what made you come to the decision of 
turning pro? I mean, I'm sure it had to be one of the most difficult decisions you've ever had to make. Uh, just you know, what was your thought process? Uh, it was definitely a hard decision for me, especially up until that point in my life. I really hadn't had any type of life-changing decision to make. And for me personally, I always knew that I wanted to go on the LPGA tour, whether it was right after high school or after college. Um, I always said I wanted to go to college and it wasn't a lie. Like I always said I wanted to, and I wanted to get like the experience. I wanted to get a business degree and I went to Wake Forest on an official visit and I had a friend who was a year ahead of me and she was kind of taking the same classes I wanted to take. And I asked her pretty much straight up, like, what do you think? Like, is is it hard to manage? And she pretty much told me, like, Megan, it is super hard. I don't want to lie to you. Like, I'm struggling. And that's when I was like, okay, like, I think I'm going to give it a shot that... I'm going to go to Q school in the fall. I kind of I kind of knew I was leaning towards going to Q school in the fall anyways. But um it just kind of really settled in when I did the official visit where like yeah, I can see myself here but like I don't really want to come here right away. And the thing that helped me was that I'm a I was a young 2015 uh graduate. So I told the school that or I told the coaches that if I didn't make it through Q school, then I would try to come as like a 2016 freshman. And I ended up turning pro before a third stage and stuff like that. But it was super hard. But I always knew I wanted to be on the LPGA. And I was very comfortable and happy where my game was at. And I knew that even if I didn't make it through third stage, I would gain so much more experience playing either on like the semester tour or like trying to Monday qualify. Um, but like I, I had a good feeling going into the final week that I was going to get my card. That, that's a big decision, not only, you know, weighing, you know, go, going to college versus turning professional, but also the route you chose turning professional, you know, now you've got to make it, you know, making that decision is one thing, but now you've got to, uh, you know, back it up with your play on the court. How did you know that, that you were ready to, uh, to, to make it out there? Well, I mean, I guess you never really know until you do it, but I had the support of both my parents and I knew my dad was catting for me. And I mean, we had been doing so well throughout Q school. I mean, I didn't really think up too much about a number necessarily like, oh, I have to finish top 20 to keep, get the get my card. Um, it was more of like, okay, if I just play well, do my thing, well, whatever happens, happens, and then we'll deal with it. Um, and stuff like that. I mean, I knew my parents were there supporting me 100%, and that's kind of like all I needed to make sure that I played my best and dealt with whatever happened after the fact, because I couldn't really worry with something that hasn't happened yet. Right. It sounds like some words of wisdom right there. Can't worry about <laughs> what happened yet. <laughs> um, I'm sure a lot of us, and even me, are curious as far as your you know golf life on the on the tour. You know, obviously the travel commitment, finding time to practice, train, have fun with your friends, just the whole aspect of uh, the tour of life. I mean, is it possible to give us like a typical week or necessarily even a week might be too short, like a typical month of how your schedule goes, so to speak, because at any given moment you can be anywhere around the world. Yeah, no. Um, so like, obviously, like the first couple years on tour was a touch harder because I didn't know the golf courses and I didn't know necessarily how the practice rounds really worked and stuff like that. I didn't know if I was going to be in the pro-am and 
because that takes another day of playing the course. So uh, as like time went on, I got my time management better. So like if I'm traveling from week to week from an event to event, I normally travel either like a Sunday night or a Monday morning, and I'll try to take like a Monday off nowadays. Uh, occasionally, I'll do like a Monday evening practice. But overall, like I might not even play Mondays. Like I know pro-ams happen on Wednesday, so that I do like nine holes Tuesday, nine holes Wednesday, pro-am. And then I kind of just take Monday as a relaxing day where I explore the city. I see my friends. Um, obviously, like during the tournament, we have like our morning wave and our afternoon wave. And like you're not always going to be paired up with your friends in the same wave. Uh, but like we always try to make time, whether it's a Friday night or a Saturday night, we all try to like go out, maybe have a dinner or a meal like once, once a week uh, and stuff like that. We always try to make time because it can get lonely traveling on tour, but we always stick together and just try to make the best of things. Uh, we room, I room with once with my friends once in a while and it's just kind of a mixture of making sure I take the time off I need in between weeks, especially if it's like a four week stretch. So I, I tend to take Mondays off. Do you, do you have any kind of mentors or any kind of veterans out on tour who have helped you, who you would go to with any questions or who've given you any advice that that's kind of stuck with you? Oh, when I first came on tour, I, I remember like Stacy Lewis would be like, Oh, just remember to like, just pace yourself. Like these weeks get hot and strenuous. Like don't overdo it. Cause that's what I see in a lot of rookies and I see that's what they do and and stuff like that and she was super nice like I didn't even ask her she just kind of came up to me and we were playing a practice round together and just kind of like gave me some course advice as well and that's always stuck with me um I try to tell like whoever I'm playing with if they're a rookie when we go to that tournament the same thing she told me just pass it on um but like no like Stacy Lewis I think I don't know if Jess counts as a veteran yet. Like, I know she's older and stuff like that, but I don't think she veteran isn't the right word for her. Um, she might be a veteran. I don't know. What defines as a veteran? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but no, like, I'll go to Jess, like, once in a while. Like, we were traveling in Asia uh, the first year. I went by myself, and she would make sure that I like got to the plane in time and stuff like that. She'd always make sure that like I get like a priority pass because I'd be with her and stuff. So I know a lot of these girls are like older sisters to me that I never had being an only child. So it's a, it's a big family out there. And you kind of touched on it a little bit. It's interesting. I mean, you're, you're just 22, if I'm not mistaken, but you, you're you're talking already about kind of helping younger players along. Um, what does that kind of feel like to, to be, you know, it, be in a role from time to time as being you know someone who can offer some advice to younger players well it's funny because like the girls who are like younger or necessarily my age uh, i grew up playing junior golf with so like i know them uh so it's like not i guess awkward it's just like a casual conversation with them because a lot of the girls who are coming out right now are graduating college or just finishing college up and like I, I've known them since I was 15, 16 so it's like it's like a junior golf tournament all over again just at the highest level <laughs> that's awesome that sounds like a fantastic time to still hang out with your friends and play um, obviously you've had a lot of moments we just mentioned the Solheim Cup and things of that sort um, it, is, is that your favorite 
a moment on the LPGA tour or do you have another moment that kind of stands out to you? That's been your absolute you know, favorite moment once you get on tour. I want to say making Soren cup uh, is definitely my number one, definitely in the top three. If, if not number one at the moment, um, obviously I was like, one of my favorite memories is when I first came on tour as a rookie, I was playing in the Bahamas and it was super funny because neither of my parents had their passports. So I ended up going with my older cousin to the Bahamas and I had a friend, family friend catting for me. And I remember like either tying for the lead through like 54 holes and stuff like that. And I was like in the final group and it was like such a great memory for a first event as a rookie that I like I would I didn't even know what to do my cousin my cousin that came with me didn't know anything about golf um my family friend caddy didn't really ever caddy for me so we were just kind of winging it and it was like such a fun week I went to the pool like almost every time after the every round um and like I was 18 at the time like and I was just living life in the Bahamas. What's a teenager supposed to do, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I wasn't, like, thinking too much of it. I was just like, oh, yeah, like, like, obviously, like, on Sunday, it got the best of me and stuff like that. But I was just riding, like, a roller coaster high of just, yeah, this is cool. Like, I'm actually on tour. <laughs> right. Awesome. I'm sure that um, kind of segue into a different topic altogether all here, but I'm sure some of the uh, you know junior golfers out in the world are just uh, are curious of like your drills. Like, do you have a specific when you're practicing? Do you have kind of a go-to drill that you always do uh, whenever you're starting to train? Yeah. So my dad and I are actually really big on drills. Uh, before I hit balls, I tend to do like a full swing. I'll do like half shots where I just kind of stay connected and really make sure I'm using my body. So I don't know if like a lot of people use the clock method, but uh, for us, we try not to get past like eight o'clock uh, with a hand position anyways. And just kind of make sure that I take like a six iron and I just go half swing and only bunt it maybe like 50 yards max just to really get the tempo in and make sure all everything in my body's moving uh, in the right order. So I like to do that a lot. Um, putting drills, I love doing like a little, little chalk line and putting some tees down and making sure I stroke it back and through nice and smooth and evenly. Um... I've always loved like chipping ones where I'll do like a 30 to 100 yards with 10 yard increments and just try to see like how many I can get. So I'll do like, I'll do like 10 to each and then I'll have my dad like call out like different numbers. So I'll be like, oh, hit like a 71. I'll try to hit, yeah, like one shot to the 70 to really hone in on the, the feel and the numbers. That's awesome. Great advice for the the youth out there. So hopefully uh, they're, they're listening. Um, that being said, obviously a lot of drills, you have a lot of, you know, a lot of playing. Uh, what, do you have like a favorite club? You have your go-to club that no matter what you want to have in your hand when, when everything's on the line. I love my driver. Like it, a lot of people don't like their driver. I love my driver. Um, I've always loved it. Uh, when it comes down to irons, I love my, like, nine iron um, and stuff like that. But, like, no, my driver, I 
my it's my baby like it's my child like uh, are you the kind of player who who thinks it's more important to practice your strengths or practice your weaknesses i want to say practice your weaknesses um like i as much as i love hitting driver and stuff like that i know certain days it's like after especially after like a bad round um if I know that, yeah, my driving was good, I'm not going to go practice my driving. I'm always going to go and practice, like, my chipping. Like, oh, I missed the green, or I couldn't get up and down from literally right off the green. I'm going to go practice what I need to work on. Uh, and, like, obviously I'll mix in, like, some good ones just to make sure that's still on point for the next day. But I think practicing your weaknesses are definitely – going to help strengthen them because if you don't practice them then they're always going to be weak good advice i guess along the advice route i mean obviously there's a lot of kids that look up to you a lot of golfers look up to you. i guess you know if you're going to if one person is going to say if you're giving advice to a young junior golfer what would that you know one line what would that you know point be uh, to the the youth out there I would just tell them, make sure that you're giving it 100% and don't look back because you don't want to look back and be like, oh, I could have done it if I tried harder. Like if I had just given it my all because that's I don't I haven't experienced it, but I can only imagine it would be like a little, little painful, especially if like you see like people you were friends with on tour or even just competing like always trust in yourself and believe in yourself because you can't regret something if you don't do it 100 percent. you can only regret it if you didn't give it to your all so always 100 percent. yeah fantastic wow so uh while we're waiting for your season to start back up again <laughs> what um what are you doing to, to stay sharp if anything i mean what how are you passing the time and how much is golf and how much is not golf you know my i wish i could show you guys my dad actually made a like like a little hitting bay in our like backyard driveway and he covered it with like a tarp that way if it rains like it is today um he we can like hit balls and stuff like that and it's like it's really funny it's set up perfectly it fits perfectly in our driveway uh we don't have a garage so you gotta make it and then it's been like a mixture of like playing once in a while i try to play like at least once or twice a week um, and like obviously golf courses in Massachusetts are closed right now. So we drive to Connecticut to play. There you go. <laughs> um, we drive all the way to Connecticut, but like we have really good friends out there. Uh, and so we'll do Connecticut and just kind of watching a lot of movies. Uh, I watched Happy Gilmore for the first time. <laughs> People are like shocked that I haven't seen it. I was like, it's not part of the job requirement, guys. Like it's not... <laughs> it should be. Just because I have to watch it. Um, but no, it's just been kind of a mixture. Like I see my friend once in a while. Uh, we will have like FaceTime sessions and stuff like that. So we try to make the best of it. Um, so just kind of doing our part to stay away from people at the same time. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. I only have one more question. It's it's, it's silly. And just like you have a go-to club in your bag, what's your go-to food? What's your favorite food? Ooh, tacos. Tacos, wow. 
Like the street. Not gonna hear any argument from that. <laughs> it's the street tacos, not the fancy ones. The street ones. Wow. Right. I hear that, folks. Tacos is the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Megan, I think that's all we have for you. Again, this is this has been really awesome. Thanks for taking some time to talk with us and hopefully inspire some of our junior golfers and, and really provide some insight onto to life as a 22 year old on the LPGA tour. This has just been no, really thanks great. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys. Uh, stay safe and healthy. And hopefully we're all back out on the golf course soon enough. <laughs>